What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all and on the phone lines I want to welcome someone in all the way from the Great White North up in Canada. We've had guests from Canada before but we haven't had what we consider an amateur from Canada. I want to welcome her in now, amateur adult star Francesca Milano. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. And you? I'm awesome. Thank you for taking time to uh, talk to us. You're up there in uh, Canada, out in, uh, I guess that's what, British Columbia, right, BC? Yes. And it seems like all of our guests that we have from Canada, for some reason, are all out in British Columbia. And I'm going to ask tonight, I want to know what is popping in British Columbia that all the, like, the hotbed for, like, all the adult talent is out in British Columbia. But as I started off by saying... You are on your bio and your social media, you say you're an amateur and we're going to dig deep into why or how and the definition of you being amateur as opposed to professional, but you are an adult entertainer, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And take us through the mindset and a journey of how you became an adult entertainer, because it's something that. I like to believe that it's not just something you just jump into. I mean, I'm sure some people have, but you have to put some thought into it. So what made you want to venture into that world? Um, I've been wanting to get into porn before I got into porn for some time. So definitely it was on my mind and it was something that I was thinking about. And then um I started to go on the websites and start to try to find companies that were posting for um, casting and auditions locally in Vancouver. And unfortunately, Vancouver is a very, very small city uh, when it comes to the porn industry and there's not a lot of options or opportunity. So, um, I found a couple of companies. I reached out to them. Some, I never heard back from some, uh, responded. I did two interviews with two males. They were producers. Um, I really didn't like their demeanor or their energy um, during the interview. Something just wasn't right. Um, the vibe I was getting off of them and I just didn't feel comfortable. So I said to myself, if I don't feel comfortable during the interview and this is the producer what's going to make me feel comfortable working with you? Mm -hmm. So I said, um, you know, I don't think that this is a good idea. So for a while, I kind of brushed it off to the side and went on with my life. And I, of course, because the, you know, the interest and the curiosity is still there. So I started following uh, porn stars on Instagram and I started following the local Vancouver porn star, Samantha Mack. So I was following her on Instagram 
for a while. And then I saw she had uh, posted something on Instagram where she has a company called Mac Models. And they were looking for talent locally in Vancouver, male and female, uh, to do auditions and possibly produce uh, porn. So I was like, wow, you know, this is perfect. So um, I put my application in and she responded and I auditioned with Mac Models February 2019. I did my audition and of course I was very nervous. Um, it kind of was not what I was um, expecting. Um, I thought it would be more of a one-on-one -on -one with Sam, but it ended up being where I was being filmed. And of course there was my consent to be filmed. And then there were other talent from uh, Mac models that were in the studio and that there were also other talent auditioning before and after me as well. So um, there was like maybe about six or seven people in the studio, which I was not expecting, but I just jumped right in. I did my audition. Um, it was solo. I had my toys and my dildos and my anal plug and anal beads. And I just played with myself and did a show and it was all recorded. And after that, uh, Sam asked me if I wanted to work with Mac Models. And I was like, yes, of course. So there was my opportunity to work with Mac Models. And I've been working with them um, ever since. So I'm always intrigued when I when people tell me that, you know, they they get into the porn business and, you know, they have a backstory and everything. And you would think that again, we're going to, I'm just going to play the, the ignorant American role right now where you think, you know, everything about Canada, because they're not that far. I mean, you are our neighbors to the North and, you know, we have all these, these, you know, all these ideas of what Canada really is. And the people are great and they're nice. And I have never met a Canadian person that was rude or ignorant. You know, they just seem like really nice, wholesome people. But what is the porn life like in Canada? I mean, growing up, did you have exposure to porn? I mean, like, it's not it's not like you just wake up one morning, you know, have your cup of coffee and then say, you know what, I'm just going to go search porn today. So growing up, did you like have an interest or did you watch porn? Like what sparked your interest? Oh, definitely. Um, I've been watching porn. I would say I started in my late teens watching porn. Um, so I watched porn for a really, really long time. Um, and I mean, is it yeah, taboo so in Canada or is it like, I kind of feel like, again, they're all nice people in Canada. You know, I have nothing negative to say about Canadians you know they feel like they're all nice people and I feel kind of like you know did they live this secret life that they you know 
they have like a, this big huge like porn stash collection somewhere like like who you know kind of take me through that that mindset um definitely there are people who you know live a secret life and when it comes to like the porn world or the fetish world um they keep that quiet um i'm not sure if you're familiar with um vancouver fetish weekend they have a fetish an- weekend <laughs> yes <laughs> Please, it's you have to week. tell us about this yeah, yeah. um it's uh, vancouver fetish week it's an annual event. It happens once a year in the summertime. And people from all over the world fly to Vancouver for this one-year event. And it's a fetish week where there are events taking place every single day um, to private parties, um, fashion shows, um parades um going to rec beach which is a nude beach and just hanging out and you know talking to people and just having fun being naked and walking around on the beach um yeah to dressing up to going to parties and clubbing and and all of that um so What I was told was a lot of people who come to Vancouver Fetish Week, um, a lot of them are like blue-collar, white-collar people in the regular world, and people don't know that they're into this kind of stuff, like they're friends and family. So it's like it Fifty Shades secret. of Grey shit. Like they don't know that they're behind closed doors, that they're freakadeeks. <laughs> yes, yes. So they, they keep it a secret. So that's why in a lot of these um, events during this um, week, um, fetish weekend, I'm sorry, fetish week, um, a lot of them wear masks. So you can't really identify them and because sometimes there's pictures taken and there's videos and also in some places they won't allow pictures or videos to be taken or if you want to take a picture you have to ask permission um well, at least they're responsible because here in the states we yeah. can't get people to wear masks or shit you know, but that's like, that's a whole nother topic, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't, for some reason, I feel like this fetish week would not work well in the United States because we would have to be wearing a mask and that's just, you know, like, yeah, that's just not, but not is, practical here. This is dress up though. This isn't, um, you know, medical. This is fun. This is like, oh, well, they're me- believe me, they're medical know? here. There is definitely some medical issues for the people here who do not want to wear a mask. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this is cool. So this is like this whole week that they do all this, you know, just kind of, they let it build up for a whole year. And then this one week they just unload and let all of their like sexual proudness come out. But you say Vancouver and you're the, where you're from is not a very big area. It's not a large city. Like when you were, you know, growing up, like 
were you raised in a family where it was kind of like taboo to talk about sex? Because I find a lot of people who are very uh, exhibitionist or very outgoing with their sexuality, they were kind of sheltered. So, like, what was that process for you? Were you were you sheltered as you know, child, or like not as a child, but you know what I mean? Like, is was it something that you had open communication with your family about stuff like sex, or no? No, it was very taboo in in my family, and you know what you say is correct. You know, most people who are very sexual and uh, expeditionists and all that. Um, they grew up in a very sheltered or taboo family where, you know, you didn't talk about sex. It wasn't a conversation that your mom or dad had with you. Um, so, yeah, that's how I did grow up. And in, is, do you feel that's a reason why you kind of lean towards the adult business as a, a like a rebellion thing or is it just something that you stumbled upon and just were like wow I didn't really know that this was something that I would enjoy um it's not a rebellious thing no it's it's I did it for me because I wanted to um it was my choice um it had nothing to do with being rebellious or anything like that um I do enjoy sex I definitely enjoy sex. I love sex and I love all kinds and I love exploring. And um, so, you know, doing it as a job, you know, and uh, getting paid for it, who would say no? <laughs> it is It is almost like a win-win, you know. I'm sure we have listeners that are saying, you know, I would do it for free just to be able to, you know, hook up with some of the, you know, the best talent and the hottest talent in the world. Um, but, like, when, you, when you're growing up in high school in those teenage years when you're exploring, um, did you, like, explore a lot when you were a teenager with, like, in high school or like, when did you really kind of blossom into who you are now? Um, it was in my, I would say mid twenties. Really? So that later on, like that you really explored enough to the point where you felt like you've come completely who you are. Yes. That's when I started getting like really, really freaky in bed and exploring more with um, my partners. And did you have boyfriends in high school? Were you social or were you kind of like? Oh, yeah. No, I, I did have boyfriends in high school and I was sexually active in high school, but the sex was very vanilla. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think. Um, most people, that's the case because of the age and, you know, the experience, like, you know what I mean? It, it's just not there at that age. Now, did you ever try to press the envelope with somebody's boyfriends to try different things? Did you, were they like standoffish? Um, not in high school, but after high school, yes, there was a few boyfriends I had, I wanted to try to do different things and they were just not into it. And I was like, okay. Um, and obviously that relationship did not last very long. <laughs> what were some of the things you were so, asking them to partake in that they were like, 
no, um, not doing that. One boyfriend I wanted to do anal. And uh, he, for some reason, was not into it at all. He didn't even want to try. So I was like, okay. Um, so that was something I wasn't able to do or enjoy or explore, you know, with my partner. So um, I'm a very sexual person. Sex is very important to me. And when I'm in a relationship, um, I need to be very sexual and I have a very high sex drive and I need to have good sex with my partner. And if I don't, um, it will take a toll on that relationship. And it has in the past. Mm -hmm. Now, do you consider yourself to be bisexual? Um, a little, yeah, like, definitely, I find women attractive. Of course, women are gorgeous creatures. Um, and I've interacted with uh, women and I do uh, enjoy it. Um, but I've never dated uh, women before. So nothing like nothing like a relationship with a woman, just strictly sexual with women. Yeah, sexual. Um, or just kind of playful, you know, or just like flirting with them type of thing. Now, do you find it hard to be in a relationship? I mean, since you say that, you know, sex is a very important factor to your relationship when you're meeting somebody, is that something that you kind of let them know up front or is it something that like you, you kind of feel them out? Um, no, I'm very, when I meet someone and I have interest and I feel that there's possibly a potential to maybe this person being my partner, um, I lay all the cards out on the table and I'm very honest and I tell them um, what I need from them as a partner. Definitely sex uh, comes up and also the topic of you need to be able to accept what I do for a living mm -hmm. because a lot of people have issues with it. So, and this becomes a problem in relationships. And I have dealt with this before. I've dated people who said, yes, I'm okay with it. I support you. I accept it. Everything is fine. Okay. We date for a few months and then all of a sudden they say, no, you know what? I, I'm having issues with this. I'm having a hard time dealing with this. I can't do this. And then going from that, I mean, you, you say that, you know, sex is a big thing to you. So how often is often, I mean, like on a normal day, not shooting, not, you know, doing anything for work. How often do you need to have sex? At least once or twice a day. Okay. Yeah. And Maybe more. I don't know. It depends on the day. And do you find it that it's hard to find guys that are, you know, willing to keep up with that or like have the stamina to, yeah. to do that? I mean, because. <laughs>
people and say, you know, what is the process of getting into porn or advice you can give the guys that want to get into porn? And they said that, you know, it's it's so difficult for guys because they got, you know, they got to be able to, you know, perform on command and they got to be able to, you know, stop and go and, and be quite honest. Nobody's paying or watching for the guy. So, I mean, it's it must be frustrating to find somebody that is able to keep up with your prowess. Yes, uh, it is. That's why currently right okay. now, now I'm single. Living, you said, in Vancouver your whole entire life. It's a small community. I mean, do people know who you are and what you do? I'm sure it doesn't, you know, stay in-house very long. Um. Well, some of my family knows what I do. Um, some of them accepted it and some of them didn't. Some of them have an issue with it, and um, that's that's fine with me. You know, um, I'm not here to live for other people. Um, it's my life, so I make my own decisions. Um, and uh, no, I haven't like come across anything where like I go outside and like you know someone recognizes me or comes up and starts talking to me or knows me from seeing my Well, I mean, you're still fairly new. I mean, you're only really, what, almost a year, a little, you know, over a year into the business. Eventually, you know, it's going to happen. People come out of the woodwork from high school and people that you haven't spoken to in forever or that guy that you thought was really hot and he wouldn't give you any time of day. How do you prepare for that? Have you thought about how you're going to prepare yourself for those type of interactions? Definitely, I've thought about it. Definitely, I've, you know, mentally prepared myself for interactions like this. Um, um, Also, I I think I kind of had, like, I I see it as kind of like a trial run type of thing because um in february of this year we had the taboo naughty but nice sex show so it was an expedition show in vancouver for three days um mac models had a lounge so we had um a place in the expedition show And I was there for three days and I got to interact with people and talk to people. And some people were there. Um, My fans were there. I got to meet them and talk to them. And so that was kind of a way of me to kind of like get an idea of what it's like to meet people and talk to people and, you know, introduce myself and have people come up to me and talk to me and be excited to meet me. And what was that feeling like to have people that you so, know, considered themselves to be fans of yours? Was it kind of a surreal moment when people say, I'm such a fan of your work? Like, cause I have people that tell me all the time when I'm out somewhere and they're like, Oh, you know, I, I listened to your podcast or, you know, and, as long as I've been doing this, like, I feel like I'm OG when it comes to doing this type of shit. But when people come up to me and they're like, hey, I listen to your podcast or I follow you on Instagram. And it's, I don't know, it's still kind of mind blowing to me that people 
you know, I know that I guess this probably sounds weird to say, but it's still mind blowing for me to hear people say, you know, that they're such huge fans and listen all the time. Um, so what's that feeling like when people come up to you and they tell you that they're fans of your work? It's a really, really good feeling. Um, I do remember a few conversations that I had during that expedition show and one conversation I had with one fan, um, she said, oh my God, uh, I love your work. And she said, I'm so happy to meet you. And she said, you know, um, you're the reason why, you know, I, I started doing my OnlyFans because I saw you and I was just like in awe. And I was like, wow, really, that, that's, that's a great feeling. That, that, that's awesome. And then I talked to someone else who is also an amateur and just started to get into the porn industry. And she was like, yeah, you're one of the reasons why I got into porn. When I saw you, I wanted to do what you're doing. And I was like, wow, that's a really good feeling. And yeah, it was just positive feedback and it was just a good feeling. You say about being amateur and you went through a, a process with some agencies or, you know, companies where you just didn't feel comfortable, didn't feel right. Uh, I look at it like now, it's like, you know, it's soon to be 2021. And for a couple of years now, a lot of people can be considered almost amateur with the rise of websites like OnlyFans and Sex Panther, um, even so much with doing podcasts and everything like myself. You know, are, you know what considers you amateur, what considers you professional? Um, what do you feel is the, the benefit of kind of being your own boss? I know you're with Mac models, but what, what makes it an advantage of owning your own material to the point where you, you don't have to answer to people? Um, or did I kind of just answer the question for you? <laughs> you don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, well, definitely there's pros and cons to everything, right? And I think that some things have more cons and some things have um, more pros. Being um, an amateur and being um, independent, like I do work with um, Mac models, but I'm not signed on with them. So I'm open to working with, whoever and and whenever um i don't have an agent um sometimes i really wish i did because being an amateur and being independent and working for yourself is very very difficult challenging stressful um there's a lot of things uh involved and it's very time consuming as well where if you're a contract model and you're signed on to a company or you have an agent, there's a lot of things that are being taken care of for you where you don't necessarily have to deal with those things. You just got to show up to the scene and gotcha. perform. No, I mean, where, no, go ahead, continue. sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Um, where when you're an amateur and you're independent and you know you have to do everything on your own 
everything is on you. You know, it, it's all your responsibility to produce your own stuff, to build your brand, to build your name, to get yourself out there, to build your social media accounts, um, all your porn accounts, um, to buying equipment, setting it up, um, you know, producing your own scenes, editing it, loading it up on the, the porn sites and clip sites and advertising for yourself. It's like almost a 24-7 job. I feel like you've just explained my whole podcast process. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I, like, I totally can relate to it because there is a lot of work and people I don't think sometimes understand. So that's why it was it was crucial for me to ask that because I wanted people to hear that, you know, because a lot of people think that, oh, it's, you know, you just show up and, you know, you shoot and, you know, it's all glitz and glamour. And, and you know, there's a lot of work and hustle that has to go into it to promoting yourself. Um, and one of the things I wanted to follow up with that is, is like, is there a company out there that you may have never reached out to or reached out to and never heard from? Is there a company that you would like to work with that you just were like, I really admire this company. It's a company I would love to just kind of network with uh yes there's there's quite a few <laughs> um i have not the companies that i would love to uh work with um i have not reached out to them because unfortunately they are in okay. the states and you know right now is not a good time because the borders are closed and um, I would need to go out to the state to do my audition and, um, you know, shoot scenes and stuff like that. So I have already communicated with smaller uh, companies or independent companies um, in the U.S. And they want me to come out there, but I have to make my own way okay. there and then once i'm there then i can collaborate and network and you know go from there but um i yeah. mean so since you brought so, it up i mean it is kind of you know an odd time and weird scenario of a world that we're in right now with you know so much going off a pandemic um and the reason that i mentioned about you know, the pros and cons of being an amateur is because I've noticed that a lot of people and there's articles online that people have written about how with the unemployment rate here in the States, you know, I'm not too sure what it's like in Canada, but a lot of people have started up OnlyFans and started up these ventures where they're kind of doing their own thing and essentially being amateurs. Um, so do you feel like you know, that you have an advantage or a disadvantage by already having a year into this or, or no? Um, in a way, yes. And in a way, no, because, um, it is very challenging. You know, it, it like I, I said earlier, there's a lot that goes into this. And it's very time consuming. So um, it's not easy, you know. Um, 
And there are a lot of uh, people that I follow on Instagram and Twitter who have been on OnlyFans for years. And they still run into technical difficulties like uploading or when they want to live stream or cam. There are technical issues. And, you know, that's something that people deal with on a daily uh, basis. And um, it can be very uh, frustrating. It could also affect your finances as well. Um, so I see people who've been doing OnlyFans for years who still deal with challenges. I mean, I kind of compare it almost to any form of entertainment. If you're a singer or, you know, a rapper or something like, what are you doing that stands out from everybody else? It's so diluted. And now we're, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So a lot more people are, are driving themselves to do things like OnlyFans. What do you feel makes you stand out from other people? Like what makes you unique? If somebody were, had to choose between you and someone else, why should they choose you? Because I'm me and there's nobody else out there like me. <laughs> I am very exotic looking. I have very deep, dark features and um, my look is very unique. And when I perform, I always try and strive to perform my best. Um, and I do take it seriously and I have a lot of passion for the porn industry and doing porn and I do enjoy it and I think that when you watch my scenes and my clips that you can now, what see do you, that what do you think is your um, best feature where, As in what, like physically well, we, or well, we, like we've kind of gotten an idea or? that you know you're this, you know this passionate, you know really like into what you do. But like, what do you feel is your best physical feature, or, or what do people tell you your best physical feature is? <laughs> uh, I feel my my best features are my pussy and my okay. ass. And do guys tell you this? Fans yeah. tell you like they're like, I Oh have... my god, like, you know, like I just can't get enough of this or Oh yes, definitely I get a lot of feedback and um also in my personal life, you know, with partners and stuff like that. Um you know, so yeah, I definitely would say that my best physical feature is my pussy and my ass. My now, I mean, is there anything that you would <laughs> like to change if you had the opportunity to improve or adjust or are you content with who you are? Um, definitely, yes, physically wise. Um, I definitely would like to have plastic surgery, definitely like to have my breasts done um, and would mm -hmm. like to go bigger than they are um not too too big but a little bit bigger than they are right now um right now 
my breasts are natural. They've never been done. And they're a double D 36. And where, where, how big would you like to go? Do you just want to go more fuller or? Um, maybe a triple D or maybe just a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. But I've already seen a few plastic surgeons just to get, um, you know, a quote and do consultation and, all the plastic surgeons I've seen so far have all told me the same thing. And they said, I will not do your breasts larger than uh, a triple D. And I asked them why. And they said, for one, because you are petite, you have a small frame. And they said, you're going to end up having back problems. So they said, you know, I because I'm the surgeon, I am allowed <laughs> to say no. So they said that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be my limit mm-hmm. for you. And I said, well, there's women out there who are a lot smaller than me, who are thinner than me, who are more petite than me. And I said, their breasts are so much larger. And I said, how come these women get to have bigger breasts? And you're telling me no. And they said, well, because some surgeons, all they care about is money, and they don't care about the health of the patient, and they'll do whatever just for money. But they told me, um, no, I will not go bigger than a double, sorry, a triple Well, I mean, that's respectable. You. I mean, I guess that's, if you're going to have a surgeon do surgery, you would want one that has your best interest in mind. Um but what, what's, what are the exact measurements or are your current measurements that you are right now? My height is five feet. So I'm, I'm five feet. Um, my bust is double D 36. My waist is 28. My hips are 38 and being an average. My weight is uh, 135. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you're well proportioned and everything. When do you think you would be doing something, you know, enhancement wise? Uh, When I have. (laughs) So, make sure you guys follow her on social (laughs) medias, you know, and tip her um, so that we can make this happen. Um, Yeah. When I have uh, the money and I find um, a good surgeon and a surgeon that I want and that I feel comfortable with. Now, yes. I propose the question to people out there, you know, that they're the sending questions. And uh, we had some people, some of your followers on Twitter and uh, Instagram and other social medias that hit me up. And uh, one of them wanted to know, like, what type of scenes um, do you enjoy shooting the most? Is there a, a, a scene that you enjoy more than doing uh, in the others? Um, geez. I like doing different types of scenes, but if I would have to say like my favorite or the most that I enjoy is definitely um, either one-on-one where it's very sensual and that can be with um, a man or a woman or I also like uh, threesomes, foursomes, and group scenes okay. as well. 
Have you ever been approached to do something where you were just not comfortable with doing it? Um, yes, I have. Um, it, I believe it was, um, an independent producer who reached out to me and, um, they wanted me to do a scene and, um, I said, no, I was not comfortable. With I mean, do that. you have a list of like, this is like a will not ever do list or is there, uh, you know, things that you could be persuaded to do? Yes, I definitely have a list. I, it's small, but I do have a list of things that um, I will not do no matter how much I get paid, just because I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel that it's right to do scenes like mm -hmm. that. Well, what's something you won't do? Um, I mean, if producers are listening yeah. right now and... You know, they come with this idea with you. Um, okay, so my no list is I don't like anything too, too aggressive where there's okay. violence. Um, I don't like any role play of um, being raped. Um... I don't like any role play of mommy and uh, son or daddy and daughter. Um, nothing yeah, like so that. A fairly understandable list. You know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, I think would be on a lot of people's list, you know, with, you know, maybe some exceptions of the, you know, the stepdaughter and, you know, stepmother type things. Um, what leads me to ask you, too, is have you ever felt like you are labeled a certain type of title? Like a lot of people get pigeonholed as, you know, being MILF or they're only into, you know, this type of scenes. Do you feel pressure to fit a kind of mold or because you're an amateur and a kind of independent, you have more leadway and say in what you decide to do? Um, I've definitely been labeled and titled as MILF. And is that yes. endearing or is that something where you're like, I really wish I wasn't or I'm okay with it sometimes? Um, I, I have mixed feelings towards that. Like sometimes I'm okay with it. And sometimes I feel like, uh, like I, I wish I wasn't labeled that or titled that. Do you feel like it hinders you in any way? Um, I mean, I know there's, you know, a market for every type of genre. And, you know, I go back to a story that, you know, was at an Exotica event in New Jersey and, one of the talents there was like a BBW and you know, there was people that were walking by and are like, Oh, why would anybody want to buy that? Or wouldn't be into that porn. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, that's why they have different flavors at the ice cream shop. That's why basket Robbins has 31 different flavors. You know, what is not your flavor, maybe someone else's flavor, you know, and what somebody else might like. So do you, do you, do you feel, um, yeah. 
you know, it, it helps you or like it hinders you or. Um, I mean, I guess if you're being booked, it, it definitely, definitely helps. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, there, there is a huge market for milk. There's a, there's a huge market for milk. So in some ways, you know, if you're categor categorized in that category or you're titled that, um, more opportunities can come up for bookings and gigs and stuff because that is a category you fall under. Um, do I think it hinders me? Um, not really, but what thing, one thing I do think that hinders me um, in a way, and it does play on both sides, is that I am not an etern uh, alternative um, model. So I don't have tattoos. I don't have piercings. I don't have um, any type of body modification. And there is definitely a market for alternative talent. And there are opportunities. And there was recently an opportunity that came up. A huge company was, was casting for models. And I applied. And I was rejected because I don't have tattoos. Okay. So, you know, I kind of felt like, in a way, kind of discriminated against, like, okay, because I don't have tattoos, you're not going to book me. But then it also goes on the other side as well, because there are companies out there that look for talent that don't have any tattoos. So people who um, apply to be casted for uh, these companies and they have tattoos, these companies won't hire them because they have tattoos. So it does work on both sides. And I feel that um, in a way it's kind of not fair, but then I understand that there's a market and that's the company and that's like their image and that's what they're looking for. So well, it's, it's, I mean, like you said, it, it goes on both sides of the, the, the aisle there where, you know, it works for some people, but then what's not working for you is working for someone else and vice versa. So, you know, I guess it's just finding your niche and finding your market and your brand. Um, but being a fan, you said, of porn and, and obviously loving sex, um, is there anyone that you would like to work with? You know, someone that is known that's in the industry. Do you have any favorite stars that you would love to shoot with? I don't. I mean, I kind of feel like this list could be, you know, yes. a mile long. But what's the first couple of names that kind of come to mind? Uh, Joanna okay. Angel. Now she's like, yeah, she's got you Mom know that Han. alternative look. Yeah, yeah. Um, Small hands. Okay. Her husband. Um, Jason Love. Okay. And who else am I a fan of? Um, uh, what about like celebrity see. crushes? Do you have any 
celebrity crushes. I mean, you're Canada, so I'm trying to think of, you know, famous Canadians. I mean, you know, Justin Bieber, Drake. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely would, wouldn't mind fucking Drake. That's okay. for sure. <laughs> I seen you shouting him um, out the other day for his birthday yeah. on Twitter. So I was like, okay. It's like these, these, these. Yes. Yes, we have to. We have to support say, our Canadians. You, support these, you know, you know, these mother Canuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to support our Canadians um, because, unfortunately, um, a lot of us in Canada feel that a lot of Canadians are not given the credit for our talent, and we're overlooked because we are in Canada, where U.S has more of an or they come to the u.s and people don't even know really that they're canada. from canada because they're so successful in the u.s people just assume they're from the u.s yes 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 it has yeah that's and true it's, you know yeah, it's a credit yeah. to people like drake so, i guess they um, always have to shout out that they're from you know toronto <laughs> you know that they they you know it's kudos to him he's making it known you know like hey i'm from canada you know like i'm always going to make sure people know that Yeah, and um, definitely the same thing needs to happen in Vancouver as well. You know, Vancouver needs to be put on the map for different types of talents because we have incredible talent, not just in the porn industry, but, you know, in the music industry and in the film industry. Um, well, I hope that I'm playing yeah. a role and a part in making the at least the, the porn aspect of Vancouver well-known because you're like the third person i've had on the podcast that's from vancouver i you know i don't seem to find any you know porn in you know toronto or edmonton or anything it seems like uh everybody just kind of just huddles up in vancouver which i'm perfectly fine with you know it doesn't really matter you know i don't i don't worry about zip codes <laughs> and area codes um you know it's it's you know porn is porn um you know couple, going back to a couple of these questions that i have from fans um obviously since you've made it known that you're single like what is something that you look for in you know a guy do you have a certain look or because let's be honest that's why we have apps like tinder and you know bumble and all this stuff where people kind of look at the picture and don't really give two shits about the profile um so i mean it's just honest like people <laughs> like people really criticize stuff like they're like oh tinder is so harsh and i'm like yeah, but think about it. If you're in a club or you're in a bar or you're out socializing somewhere and you see somebody, like you don't know that person's personality from looking at them. So the first thing you notice is their physical features. You know, it may sound wrong, but, you know, that's just reality. Um, so is there a look that you kind of go for? Like, like, what do you what attracts you? Um. I definitely like men um, from pretty much a lot, uh, like all ethnicities. Um, I, I like dating European men. Um, I like dating um, black men, but there's not a whole lot of black men it's too in fucking cold. Vancouver. Um, <laughs> and I can say that as a white guy. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to be there all the time. It's a little cold for me. 
Um, it's not really, really cold out here. We don't really have really harsh winters. It just rains a that lot. That could be just as bad. <laughs> it do- yeah, it doesn't really snow here, but it, it rains a lot, though. They call they actually call it rain cooper. That's that's catchy. <laughs> because it rains so much. Yeah. But definitely what I like in a man is, you know, what they say, tall, dark and handsome. Um I like them tall, definitely taller than me because I'm 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 five feet, but when I wear heels, I usually wear four inches or five inches. So then that makes me like five, Mm -hmm. five. Right. And then I definitely want the man to be a little bit taller than me. Um, um, Weight, not so much. I'm not really big on like weight or like build. It's more of the personality and the character, but definitely, you know, would want him to be good looking. And um, what attracts me is uh, intelligence. And um, intelligence, uh, really good communication, being honest, and humor, and being easygoing and not controlling, definitely not abusive in any way. And um, I also like very cultural men, Um, you know, because Vancouver is a multicultural city. And that's how I grew up. I grew up with different cultures and being around different people. So I like men who are very um, multicultural as well. Um, and of course, definitely, you know, I was waiting for that part. And I was like, okay, what she's going to mention the sex drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, a high sex drive and who likes to explore and have adventures with and um uh you know and also uh i'm a a hopeless romantic i do like men to be romantic and i like being spontaneous and surprises and stuff like that so and also someone who does uh truly and genuinely um accept my position what I do for work and supports me to the fullest 100% and is not going to give me a hard Mm -hmm. time about it now one fan he sent me a dm on instagram he wants to know what is your wildest sexual experience personal or like on set or, both. or does it we don't matter? discriminate <laughs> the more stories the better my 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 wild <laughs> i said Can the more stories the better again? so you know whether it be professional or you know or personal you know i don't think that i don't think the fan okay. man really my, my wild uh my wildest mm-hmm. experience my wildest experience um okay i have a few things i can mention one is oh i definitely like to have sex outside as well um so 
one time, this is when I was dating someone, I had sex in the men's change room at Sears, which was kind of, um, I don't know. It's just different, you you know what I mean? Different than being in the... Oh, we we just had to keep quiet. (laughs) You just got to keep quiet. You know what I mean? Um, So, uh, yeah, so that was one. Um, On set, um, the porno boot camp was was pretty wild. You have to explain all that to the fans, too, because a lot of fans are familiar, but some fans are not familiar. What, What is porno boot camp? Okay, I'm not going to talk too much about it because this is Samantha Max project and I know you're doing mm-hmm. an interview with her as well and she will be discussing it. So I'll... Um, but you've gone you through know, the boot camp, correct? Her, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was in a porno boot camp. Uh, it w- was um, documented by Vice, which was pretty um, interesting um it was an awesome experience and i would say that was one of my wildest experiences on set was doing porno boot camp because i sucked how many one two three four five i think sorry let me count again one two three four five six was it six dicks i sucked yeah it's kind of like playing musical chairs. We were all taking turns. So there was three of us, three females sucking on six males, five or six, I think. Yeah. And that's part of porno boot camp where um, they have to keep an erection, but they cannot ejaculate for, I think it's about eight or nine minutes. Don't uh, quote me on that, but that's the whole part of porno boot camp is to train um, the male talent and get them ready to perform because that's one of the biggest things in porn is the male needs to hold his erection and he needs to hold his ejaculation. And then when it's time to ejaculate, That's when he ejaculates, and that's the money shot, is the ejaculation. So a lot of males are not able to control their ejaculation. So when you're doing porn, you want to work with someone who knows how to control it and can hold it and can ejaculate when it's time to ejaculate. So... um, it was uh, the female's job to do their best to try and get the males to ejaculate as fast as possible. And it was the male's job to try to hold it back um, as much as possible until it was time to ejaculate and then release it. So that's a little bit about porno boot camp. And I would say that was like one of my most wildest um, so it's like training, but also a show all in the same, same time. Yes. 
and it was uh, documented really? by Vice. Hmm. Very interesting. Yes. I mean, you gotta love Vice. You know, Vice is always you know goes outside the box, and it and I and I and I wish I watch more Vice than I do. Unfortunately, you know, we just even during a pandemic, you just don't have time to watch everything. But every now and then, I sometimes will stumble upon something on there that is uh, really interesting, and it's just like, wow, like why didn't I think of documenting something like this? Um, so, I mean, it sounds like it's something that definitely want we'll to ask Samantha about that when she's on the podcast to give us, you know, details on, you know, porno boot camp. Um, but uh, another fan wanted to know, uh, what is what is favorite positions for you? I mean, obviously, you, you, you know, seem like you can get off of almost anything, but what is what is your go to? Um, I definitely like doggy style um missionary and being on top so you kind of cover all the bases there you know it's kind of like a little sampler you know if a guy isn't into one yeah. thing you can do the other and then if not you know we got a third option um that's pretty cool <laughs> uh let's see a couple more questions i want to get through here and i apologize everybody i can't get to all your questions but uh another one here well this i like this one so you mentioned already about, you know, five or six different guys. Like how much, how many is, is too many for you? Like, like, do you have a, a limit? Um, well, my experience so far on set was, you know, sucking, I think it was six uh, guys. Not all at the same time, but you know, one six after at the one other. time would definitely um, get you a lot I did of not... likes and retweets and tips. <laughs> like holy shit, if you can get six in your mouth all at one time, like that's that's what yeah, Vice needs to go ahead and so. document. <laughs> Forget the porno boot camp. The fact that she's got six in there at one time, like kind of like weird shit is that? But uh, yeah. Um, I've always wanted to do a scene where I've have multiple, um, men, you know, uh, like I got a dick in my mouth. I got a dick in my pussy. I got a dick in my ass, but I haven't been able to produce anything like this yet. Um, but definitely that's something that I want to do. What is my limit? Um, as far as in how many dicks I can handle, uh, at one time, um, I would say maybe 10 at the most. And at that, at that point, there's definitely going to be a couple of men who are not going, you know, in the scene when there's like that many men, some of them are, are jacking themselves off. Because, you know, the woman, when there's only one, she can only do so much. Even if she fits, say, two in her mouth, two in her pussy, two in her ass, that's six. And then she's giving, you know, two guys a hand job, that's eight. So if you have ten, there's going to be two more guys standing there mm -hmm. jacking themselves off. So I would say... I think 10 would be my limit. <laughs> and then I would just, you know, have say, them if, take I turns. Mean, obviously you mentioned like 
double vag and you know double anal and everything like is that something that you you've done or want to do or no i haven't done it i definitely would like to do it but um this is something that uh, has not come up yet okay and what about in, in your personal life have you what's the most you've ever had in personal life whether it be you know people taking turns or Uh, it was three. So one in my mouth, one in my pussy, and okay. one in my ass. And this was just like a met three guys that you knew, or were they, you know, people that you were dating or friends? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a, a boyfriend and it was uh, his friends. So I guess they were like kind of like acquaint mm -hmm. acquaintances. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were just drinking one night and we were just like, yeah, let's do this. So we did it and I had fun. And yeah. I, I can't sure see that they would be complaining. Fun, so. <laughs> now, the, 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 yeah. what do you want to do long-term? <laughs> I mean, you're still new in the business and you mentioned some things that you want to do, but what is like, what is an ultimate goal that you would like to do before you decide to say, you know what, I'm done. You know, I'm doing doing all this. I don't want to do this. And, you know, I kind of want to just ride off into the sunset. What is an ultimate goal for you? In the porn, yeah, porn industry? I mean, you know, life in general. <laughs> We're fine with that, too. Um, um, I definitely would love to see my porn career take off and work with um, porn stars that you know I, I dream of working with and working with companies that you know I would I would love to work with and just like my dream goal in the porn industry would be just to be nominated for an award for a scene for a project I mean, winning the award would be like the ultimate dream, but just to be nominated is like, ah, you know? Um, so that's my goal in the porn industry. Um, in life, um, I would like to travel the world. That's something that I haven't done. Um, I would like to travel across the United States and in Europe and um in other continents around the world and i i would like to buy real estate if i could and i guess settle down somewhere um i definitely like to own a home in vancouver because this is you know where i but i you know um travel there back and forth and just when I like retire in my old age and just live a very calm quiet life very awesome very awesome well let everybody know where they can find you at on social medias and on the internet because obviously that's you know where everybody wants to uh, find out more about you so where can <laughs> we uh, where can we find you at online okay so my social media accounts 
our Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Twitter is uh, where I'm most active. Um, I also have a YouTube account as well. Um, for porn, I have OnlyFans, Pornhub, Muddlehub, ManyVids. I have uh, an XBiz account as well and um, accounts that are coming soon are AVN stars I want clips clips for sale my free cams and just for fans and more and um, currently right now I have two more scenes coming out soon so stay tuned for that um, hopefully they'll be out in the next a couple weeks. Very awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and kind of letting us into your world and, you know, who you are, because again, a lot of people are like, you know, amateur, like what is, what is the whole amateur thing, you know? And it's kind of like this whole mystery about you. Um, so we appreciate you taking the time and we look forward to seeing more of your work and, you know, anytime you want to come back on the show, anything you want to promote on the show, you are always welcome to come back on MMB radio. This is Francesca Milano, and you're listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio.